On today's episode of Lockdown Spartans, another four-star coming to Michigan State. That's right, Dylan Tatum commits, and we crack open the mailbag with Stephen Brooks to talk MSU's offense, defense, recruiting, yeah, just a whole lot. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy four-star Thursday. That's right. Smell Tucker. Tuck coming. Let's get another four-star for the 2022 class. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that in a hot second with our guy Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports. Before we get to him, though, just need to do uh, the old housekeeping work around here. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. This is Locked on Spartans. I am your host, Matt Sheehan, and we do this five days a week. That's right, Monday through Friday. On tomorrow's show, we will be going into Saturday night's showdown MSU versus Western Kentucky, talking keys to the game, what to expect from the Hilltoppers, and, well, of course, best bets. Um, before going any further, before we get to Steven, really quick, want to thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen of every single day. Or, if not your first listen, then eh, your second, third, 15th listen, what have you. Just uh, thank you. Thank you very much for including us in your day's plans and listening schedule. Uh, hey, without further ado, let's get to our guy, Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports to talk. Uh, everything. Just everything. Folks, on this beautiful, definitely, uh, Wednesday evening, late Wednesday evening, after the Dylan uh, Tatum commitment, um, we had to fish Stephen Brooks out of the 24-7 Sports offices to hop back on the Locked on Spartans podcast because, plain and simple, the people love themselves some Stephen Brooks. Stephen, how are you doing on this beautiful Wednesday evening? Doing great, man. Um, yeah, can't really complain. I mean, we got a we got Michigan State recruiting new football recruiting news. We got obviously this the, we're in the throes of football season, and then basketball practice just tipped off. You know, a couple of days ago. So yeah, there's a lot going on right now. I'm, I'm happy to be here as always. It's like borderline overwhelming whenever basketball starts. It's especially when like when MSU is good, like you know they're four zero, they're they're cooking in um, football, and then you got basketball. It's like oh my god, my heart can only hold so much before I feel like I'm going to stroke out here. But hey, here we are, <laughs> baby. This is uh, this is why we do it. So we'll hit you with some mailbag questions later on. But right now, some big, massive, major, huge recruiting news, baby. That's right. We're talking about Dylan Tatum. That is right. That is out of West Bloomfield High School. He is a all around athlete. Steve, you probably know more about this guy than I do. Athlete, I mean, he does defensive back work. He's a running back. He does a little bit of receiver, from what I understand. So, do you do you have a more descriptive rundown than than I'm babbling about right now? Yeah, I mean, I think athlete it applies to Dylan probably more than most cases. You know, when you see that, like sometimes it's just a placeholder sure. of like I don't know what the heck this kid is, yeah. or <laughs> right. or jack of all trades, master of none. You know, and you're like I don't know if he can really do anything. That's that's not the case uh, with Dylan. I think he could. He, I don't. I don't think he had opportunities to be a, a power five running back or a power five defensive back. Um, that you know, so he has a true position there. But it's just he could have played either, and he had attention on both sides. And that really sort of brings us to the start of, of Michigan State's courtship with him. Um, he, if you go all the way back, and I know it's only a, a year and a half. I'm, I'm sure it feels like three or four, though. It, it does to me at least to the, the first month Mel Tucker was hired, you know, all the mm -hmm. way back then. Uh, and they had a very small select group of recruits come up for that Ohio State game, uh, Cassius Winston's final home game. 
you know, at, at the Breslin Center. That was Mel Tucker's first and only recruiting event, you know, quote unquote, of his first yeah. year and uh, some change on the job. So anyway, but Dylan Tate was, was among that group. Uh, Jamari Budden from Belleville was there. Uh, Rayshon Benny, I believe, was there. Uh, Donovan Edwards, also from West Bloomfield, a five-star running back in the 21 cycle, was there. It was like five, six, seven high-level in-state dudes, and Dylan Tatum was one of them. I think he might have been the only junior, uh, actually, that was in that group. Um, so the, I say all that just to say Michigan State's been on this guy since, like, day one as yeah. a staff. And it did start at running back, and that's where sort of his recruiting really started. And then, I, I'll be honest, I don't really know the backstory from there, but some point along the way, it shifted to defensive back. And I don't know if it was his preference or – Colleges were like, hey, man, you should give this this defensive back thing a look. Or somebody in his ear was like, hey, you know, running backs are a dime a dozen. But, if you know, if you can be a great DB, you know, look at these stats and earnings numbers I have for you here. Yeah, I don't know what it was. But at some point, um, I think it was about – I'm probably going to be wrong on this. But it was about early 2021-ish where that shift started to happen, where everybody was coming after him as a DB now. Maybe it was a little sooner than that. But it was running back. It shifted to DB. And then – uh and Michigan State's been in the picture the whole time. I mean, William Piegler, obviously the running backs coach, he's been recruiting him this whole time, even after uh, this sort of the perspective shifted on his position and everything. And then Harlan Barnett comes in and and, and uh, Trafaris Tillman and all their defensive back guys have all pitched in on him. So it's like a, a, t- a huge team effort from Michigan State uh, throughout the recruitment with him. Um, I mean, in terms of impact, uh, he's another four-star player. You know, he's a t- yeah. he's top 10 four-star in-state kid from the Detroit area. So those are important boxes to check, you know, in the state of Michigan. Um, and uh, he, he go, you know, he's another brick in terms of that, uh, the, the DB class. So he'll come in as a, a nickel slash safety, you know, and then they have some true corners and um, Shannon Blair and uh, Ade Willie. And then uh, of course, um, whom, uh, Mangum is a, is a true sort of free safety center fielder type and Malik Spencer's. Mm-hmm is a little bit like Dylan Tatum in that hybrid uh, nickel or, or safety, either or type of slot. I could see him going after somebody else after this, um, but they're, they're about wrapped up at DB, so it'll take somebody special. Um, but, yeah, I don't know where else you want me to go with it, but, yeah, big-time pickup, like I said, for a lot of reasons um, on paper. I think he's a good player. He's a track runner, so he's got legit speed, legit athleticism. Um, and we'll see where he ends up. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended his career as a, as a running back again or – or if he comes out and, and shows out in the defensive backfield, I think he's got that potential to to make an impact on either side. Well, I'll, I'll tell you where I want to take this, Steven. You know me, baby. Um, so, yeah, just like you said, awesome four-star commit. This is actually of the top 10 kids in the state of Michigan. This is the fourth kid in the top 10 going to Michigan State. But this is where I want to go because you know me. Love my, uh, love my banter with our rivals down the road. Uh, this came <laughs> really? down to Michigan State and Michigan. And, oh, who did Michigan just hire in the offseason? That would be one Ron Bellamy. Oh, that's odd. That's Dylan Tatum's old high school coach. Well, surely Mr. Tatum's going to be going to Ann Arbor. Oh, wait, not so fast. That couldn't even help them get Tatum. Am I riding too high in this right now? Am I, am I just pimping this out way too much? Should I be pumping the brakes? Or is this actually as fun of a win for us Michigan State fans as uh, really all of us are making it to be? <laughs> I... I think, I mean, it's, it's a, who, look, look, when you're talking trash, like, and you're in the moment, you're in the heat of the moment, like, who really cares about, like, the factual basis behind it, you oh, know, so, me, if it makes no. you feel good, and it, and it hurts somebody's feelings, and that's your goal, yeah. then, then, then <laughs> throw it all out there, you know, but, um, yeah. the truth is, like, I, that, that, uh, 
you know, Michigan, of course, was in the mix, but uh, you know, Michigan State has been running strong for a long time. And I think, it, yeah. you know, when I say that, I mean a couple months here over the summer. Um, I was at a camp one day this summer, and, and Dylan was there and participated for a little bit. Uh, this is a Michigan State camp. Participated for a little bit and then sort of went off and did a tour type of thing. And there was some buzz that day from people in and out of the program that maybe he was going to commit that day. And that was back in, I believe, June, you know. So, um, and so when it comes to Michigan, yeah, I think when, when Ron Bellamy got hired, that uh, that put them right back in the forefront, probably even gave them the lead, you know. I think coming in at the turn of the calendar to 2021, I think Michigan State was probably in front there when it was still running back. And like I said, it was still early. Then when Ron Bellamy gets hired, I think that swung Michigan in front for from a lot of the spring um, time type of months that, that time. And I think over the summer is when it started to swing back. So, you know, I've heard that um, Steve Klinkscale, their other defensive backs coach mm-hmm. at Michigan, was, was never – very high on him. And, and then likewise, you know, I've heard that Dylan didn't really like the way he recruited him at Kentucky and that just, there wasn't a great relationship there. And uh, by the end, I had heard that it was basically Bellamy. That was the only uh, person, you know, on Michigan's behalf, really keeping strong contact and really trying to make that happen. So um, I think the from what I understand, the rest of the staff had kind of said, you know, "Eh, if it happens, it happens, but it was only really Bellamy that was, that was contacting him anymore um, was what I heard. So, you know, I'm not as plugged into Michigan at, but at all, you know, compared sure. to Michigan State. But that was what I heard there. And then Michigan State, again, just going all the way back to last March was was consistent all the way through. Um, I think that, you know, was a big deal. And he grew up Michigan State, man. I know his family um, right. always thought highly of Michigan State. So, uh, you know, it was shaky there at various points in the recruitment. But uh, sure. and it, it took a lot longer than, than anybody thought. I mean, he was supposed to commit, I think, the first time in April. And then uh, here we are at the finish line. So it looks good for Michigan State. They just got to get a signature. Yeah. All right. So suck at Michigan. That's where we're going to end that at. Yeah. All right. We'll be back in a hot second with Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports. But first, got to talk to you fine people about sweat block wipes. That's right, baby. Talking about the doctor-created, doctor-recommended product that keeps you dry for up to seven days per use. Now, if you're like me, you'll be getting pretty nervous Saturday night against Western Kentucky, but you will not be sweating because, yeah, Sweat Block Wipes is carrying me through. And some freak accident happens. Let's say they don't, and I start sweating. Well, they got the dry shirt guarantee. That's right. Sweat Block doesn't keep you dry. You get your hard-earned money back, baby. They stand by their product, and why wouldn't they? I mean, they've been the best seller on Amazon for the past 10 years and currently sit as the number one, the number one in Amazon in their anti-perspirant category. Manufactured in the good old US of A, and like I said earlier, doctor created, doctor recommended. What's not to like about sweat block? Well, and also what's not to like about this promo code? Locked on. That's all one word. Promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. That is going to get you 20% off your order. Sweatblock.com. Promo code locked on. 20% off your order. Once again, guys, that's sweatblock.com. How about, uh, okay, so we're going to move to the mailbag, Stephen. And these are questions that I pulled aside, especially for our conversation here, because you're a great football mind. And I think people really value your opinion. So, okay, the, the most popular question I got was about Gervin and Klein. We hit that earlier this week. The second most popular question was something along the nature of this. Is Nebraska's D really that good, or is our offense really that bad? Combination of both, 
what do you expect moving forward? Now, there were even questions that were more panicked about the offense than even that said. Steven, correct me if I'm wrong, did, did Michigan State not just score 38 points on the road at Miami? Like, I, yes, the offense was horrible on Saturday, especially in the second half. I, I'm i not going to write them off yet, though. Like, I think that's a little too – and this is me saying this, of all people. I think that's <laughs> a little too premature to get riled up over the offense. Like, they are allowed an off night against a pretty good Nebraska defense. That That's where I kind of said on it. How bad was the offense in your eyes, or how good was Nebraska's defense in your eyes? Look, I think Nebraska's good, but I don't do. I don't think they're the best defense in the Big Ten. You know, I don't think they're um, elite. You know, by I don't they're think they're going to be setting any yeah. kind of records, or I don't think they'll be remembered at Nebraska this year for having an elite defense. You know, I don't think it's like a a 2018 Michigan State thing where like that team mm-hmm. was was just sort of mediocre and the offense was horrific, and that all overshadowed a defense that was right up there with any of D'Antonio's best by the end. Um, you know, and maybe it's something like that, but I, I still don't even think it would end up I, – I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't think they're going to be looking back on this and being like, ah, that 21 defense, you know, thing of legends. <laughs> yeah, I think they're good. They're good Big Ten defense. They're good Power 5 defense. If you can shut down Oklahoma the way they did, I mean, Oklahoma can yeah. score on anybody in their sleep. Like, they just – they don't even need – they have great players, but they don't even need them. They're just – Lincoln Riley and that staff are so cutting edge that what they do, mm-hmm. like for them to shut that down, them down shows they're legit. Um, what, so what I think it says to me about Michigan State, what I, what I hope I've said on here, I know I've said it elsewhere, is that it was just it was always too early to crown the offensive line. I think that's where it came down to. And gotcha. as we you know we talked about in the preseason stuff, I mean they got they got pushed around in a way that they haven't really this year. And um, the fact that they weren't the first three games, you know, led to a lot of optimism. And you give them kudos, yeah, they played well. But they, I, you know, I would always try to say too, they, you know, just approach with caution. You know, that was always going to be the last thing for me that I was really going to have to go. Okay, you know, I can flip the page here because there was just there's just so much history and so many of the same guys. Quite honestly, now um, uh, so much history there of just not getting the job done. And, and again, I think you see that when they're not able to to uh, control the line of scrimmage. And this just isn't a seasoned enough offense, not a seasoned enough quarterback to sort of. Uh, make chicken salad out of, out of, you know what, when there's no running right. game, like no running game uh, in the second half, especially. So yeah, I think it's just a, a young quarterback, a youngish team, a, a team that's still feeling itself out. I don't, I'm not really into to write off Michigan state's offense by any means this year, but I, like I've said, again, I'm here or elsewhere, you know, this is still a team and a program that's going to be vulnerable to, to losing a game they shouldn't or playing ugly, you know, when you don't think they should or things like that. That's those, these are just things that happen along that, that path uh, as a as a program, as a quarterback, as an offense, the maturation for any of those things. No doubt. And I think I've fallen that trap myself too at times is just forgetting, yeah, this is still year two of a pretty big rebuild. Like this isn't like they got an okay roster and things were looking pretty good. Like, no, th- listen, I'm a massive state fan. I could admit that things were looking pretty bleak here. So in year two, yeah, like, listen, you're going to have your hiccups. You're going to have your games where, Okay, yeah, you expect to pick up off first down in the second half, but yeah, like you're gonna have games where things just aren't going a hundred percent. So no, I'm I don't think the sky's falling yet. Listen, if they go out against West Kentucky and they only have what one yard in the fourth quarter against the Hilltoppers, okay, you know what? Fine, you, you got me. It's Defcon one, but they won't though because they'll be able to bowl them over. You know, physically they'll hold up on the O line and D line. So I don't, you know, they might lose forty eight forty five. You know, but they won't right, right, only right. have twelve yard or fourteen yards, whatever it was. Um, but it's those situations I think where you could see this again is where 
there's just a mismatch, especially uh, opposing D-line versus Michigan State O-line. That's where I think you'll see uh, potentially something like this again. And to flip concern on this next question to the other side of the ball here, um, this isn't a question. It's a take that we're going to get a temperature on right here. This is from Sarge. Uh, first time caller here with a hashtag take. Oh, yeah, baby, let's go. The four-two-five scheme is only a good defensive scheme if you have the caliber of athlete that plays football in Tuscaloosa or Athens. Otherwise, it's a Texas Tech-ass scheme that falls apart when you can't tackle. Good running teams will eat it alive. Now, you are more of an X and O's guy than I am. I'm just an emotional, screaming son of a gun over here. So what's your take on the four-two-five? Because everyone loves to have an opinion on this somewhat odd scheme that they run. Somewhat odd. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's overblown because yeah, I mean I because I think the the idea of you know Big Ten Smash Mouth football right. is a little <laughs> overblown these days. I mean, other than Iowa, other than Wisconsin, um, who really lines up and smashes people? I mean, Michigan this year, of course, but Michigan yeah, sort of has an identity crisis. Right. And they don't really ever you know they're never the same thing. And uh, you know what they are this year wasn't what they were last year or definitely isn't what they were during the Shea Patterson era, et cetera. So, I mean, other than you're talking about two teams, really, really, that truly have that, like, double tight fullback sort of um, just program philosophy to them. And even those guys aren't really doing double tight fullback stuff anymore a lot. You know, Iowa yeah. truly will, and Wisconsin to a degree. But uh, I think that part's overblown. you got to start with that. I don't think you need these nine-man boxes to survive in the Big Ten. Anybody who's got a good running game, again, outside of those two. And so, yeah, you make weak, weak, you know, weak specific uh, adjustments for those guys. But anybody else who's got a good run game is doing it the same way everybody else is doing it with zone shotgun, RPO type of stuff, um, zone read, stretch plays. It's all, you know, basically everyone's running the same stuff now. And that's that's not like a physical thing. That's not like we can't hold up to this, to this stretch play physically. You know, it's not like you're getting bludgeoned like with an ISO, a fullback coming right in your face. Boom, put your teeth on the dirt. And then, you know, <laughs> the running backs uh, juking out the safety 15 yards downfield. Like, so, yeah, that's there. You know, and if you need to morph into it, these guys could very quickly morph into a 4-3 and give you that sort of traditional look. But, I mean, the way football is trending and the way everybody plays offense now, for the most part, you're seeing three and four and five receivers on the field. And if you – if you want more linebacker versus receiver snaps, uh, be my guest, I guess. But I'm going to take the odds and get, and I'd rather have a DB um, out there covering, you know, covering that that tight end or that slot guy or whatever. Um, anytime I can minimize my linebackers being in, in coverage against fast guys, I'm going to do that. So how about I take one off the field and I get another fast guy on there? I mean, uh, yeah, I don't think Michigan State's gotten gashed, at least definitely not this year. You can go back to, of course, Iowa last year, but. There's a lot going on uh, at that point, too, in terms of guys yeah. knowing what they're doing and before the talent infusion and everything. But, uh, no, long story short, I think the four two five, especially with who they have at that nickel spot, that's the swing spot. I mean, that's basically the difference. That's your third linebacker just shifted over. He's a DB now, and now he's a little faster, a little smaller. But if you want to move him back in, then, boom, you got a 4-3 again. And the, the guys they play there, like Michael Dow is sort of a true hybrid. I mean, he can play some yeah. linebacker. Xavier Henderson essentially does play like a linebacker. He's playing near the line of scrimmage all the time. So mm -hmm. I think you can make up for it. And I just think you want that speed on the field these days more often than not. Um, if they, you know, if they're giving up 300 yards on the ground every week, then sure you can have a discussion. But uh, 
I think it's more about the personnel than the scheme and getting the right guys in here. And when the question alluded to that too, but uh, you you can't just abandon it until you get your your perfect roster either. You know, you want these guys to marinate in the system and and start learning the intricacies and sort of uh, the little thing, you know, the, just the, the nuance of it. We will be back in a hot second to round out the episode with Stephen Brooks, but first need to talk to you beautiful people about Rock Auto. That's right. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why wouldn't you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, hey, does your, does your Equinox need a blueble goober? I, I, I have no idea, man. I'm not a car person, but luckily... Find folks at Rock Auto. They are car people, and they are here to help you not just find your part, but also save you time and money. Why would you spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? You wouldn't. You'd only do it if you were a clown. But you are not a clown. Not at all, actually. You are a smart person. You use Rock Auto. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, including gas pedals. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How'd you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. And this is also betonline.ag. That's right. We're talking betting now, baby. Woohoo! BetOnline.ag. We are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this fall. With the new updated website and interface with even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website, use your mobile device, Sign up today, receive your 100% welcome bonus. That is double your initial deposit. That is double your initial deposit, all for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100, though. NFL100, all in word. Get your 100% welcome bonus with that. From football to basketball to boxing, write down your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. No doubt. And I'm going to steer this car right down recruiting alley right now. I've got a question uh, today from Billy Adams. Uh, and he was, of course, like many Spartan fans, fired off about all the, you know, the highly rated recruits visiting campus last weekend in both football and basketball. So the question um, really starts with this. Uh, how important do you think a night thriller Spartan win under the lights is for those recruits in attendance? So I guess you could either answer it that way or really maybe even a more broad way of hitting this question is like, what, what does the program want to show these kids when they're on campus for a thrilling night game? Like is a win the most important thing? Is it everything that happens before the game even kicks off? Like what is, I'm sure every recruit's different. Everyone looks at their own different things. But for the majority, would you say, is the the thing that they want to leave the biggest impression on with these kids? Yeah, like you said, it, it is a little hard because everybody has their own personal things. And, 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 and you know, maybe it hits the button for this guy, it doesn't for this guy. But I think in general, it's um, a sense of that atmosphere. You know, I don't think it's as much about the final result. Like, I don't think if they lost that game in Nebraska, it was going to be a total failure. But mm-hmm. the one that you want to expose the recruit to – 
this could be you on the field, hear that noise, feel that, you know, shiver up your spine on a fourth down stop, you know, or when Chester Kimbrough uh, intercepted that pass, you know, that surge that you felt through your body, that could be you out there. This could be your team. This could be your home stadium. You know, I think it's that part because it really will ultimately come down to things like coaching relationships and coaches pedigree. And can you get me to the league? If you got other guys to the league, how am I far from home? Things like that. But on top of all that, like you don't want to have all those things be, you know, check all the boxes. Then you come to game day and it's like, um, you know, it's like Duke or, or Virginia or something. The stands are sure. half full, and you're right. just like, Ugh. you know, man, I love these guys, but the the vibe just isn't right. So it's almost, it's I don't want. It's not like a cherry on top thing. It's a little more important, I think, than that. But it's it's also it's not as important as, like I said, like the coaching relationships, the pedigree, the NFL success, the the history of program success, things like that. But mostly, I think it's just yeah. It's like, don't you want to be a part of this? Like, feel this for yourself, see it for yourself, live it, smell it, breathe it. And then tell us, like, how you know? Would you? Why, why wouldn't you want to be a part of that? And that, of course, ties right back into why Mel wanted everybody in there and being loud and everything uh, last week. And that kind of parlays into this question too. And this is still from the the same guy, Mister Billy Adams. Uh, a more to the point question. He writes, "Which of the four wins this season do you think has the biggest impact in prospective football recruits choosing to come bleed green and?" White. So obviously that Miami win, awesome. You know, just whooping them on national television on the road. But yeah, that was the road venue. You know, I, I don't know how much of a mark that leaves. So, do you think it was the Miami win that would leave a big mark on these recruits, or is it you know, the home game against Nebraska, or or the four? Do you think would leave the biggest mark on the tip? No, it's it's a hundred percent Miami. Um, okay, it's a hundred. Yeah, hundred percent. Because even you know, even for people like you and me. Uh, you know, we haven't even seen or we don't have a memory of a lot of the used glory days. I mean, like I can. It, no, none. You know, right. a, a little bit of the early 2000s. I remember those. Teams, but right. Nothing That's beyond right. that. These yeah. kids don't even have that, you know, but but Crazy. still it means something. Um, and it was national TV. It was ABC noon game and stuff. If it, you know, I think that was it. And, and especially because I think that caught attention across the country, you know, um, not just your typical Midwest kids who are going to drive up for a game on Saturday, like obviously in Florida, but also in Georgia where Michigan State is, is hitting hard. Um, Texas, even California, you know, they could tune in and watch it and stuff. So I think that was another thing that, like, opened people's eyes to Mel Tucker and the program. That's going to be more, I think, impactful for me, uh, in my opinion, than uh, than just beating Nebraska at home. You know, I mean, if anything, like, if you just tuned in to, ne- to the Nebraska game, you're like, wait, wait, I thought these guys were pretty good. You know, maybe they're not. Yeah. You know, I mean, you might have almost had a – had a weird uh, uh, feeling about it if you just tuned in for that. But, no, I think it's the Miami win by far because it's still a, a brand and a logo that means something, that they did it on the road, the national television audience. Like I said, I mean, that's uh, it's a it's an area of the country where Michigan State and everybody else wants to get a foothold. And so it's, it's absolutely that one so far. And last question here, and before I get to it, hey, thanks a ton for your time, man. You're simply the best. And no one does it better than Stephen Brooks of 24-7 sports, no doubt yeah, about it. Try. Um, this question comes here from, uh, Matt Sheehan. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, I'm scared of Western Kentucky. Please help me, Steven. Please help me sleep tonight. I'm so, I'm so scared of their offense and just them. And I help me, help me, help me. <laughs> Probably should be a little bit more. Cause I think they were uh, nine and a half point dogs at Indiana or against Indiana. I mean, um, yeah, nine or nine and a half and, and dang near won it. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, uh, I know. You know, this was the team that you looked at in the preseason. And then once everybody found out about what they had going on there, I mean, they had, I believe, 
they had more portal additions than Michigan State did, uh, pound for pound. Um, but then, of course, you know, they've got the nifty little story with their OC quarterback and like three, maybe four receivers all came yeah. together from Houston, Houston Baptist. So that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, so they, oh, they can throw the ball. Cool. They yeah, know how to do that. Up. They know yeah, to score some points. Cool story. Jeez. <laughs> Sorry, so I can understand the, the concern because Michigan State has given up some passing yards. Um, hasn't always been great tackling on the edge. And I, I do think that's a concern. But like I said earlier, um, is, is what I'm going to come back to, to to help you sleep tonight because I just – I don't think – you know, if they need to muscle up and play keep away, I think they should be able to do it against Western Kentucky with respect to them. That's a good program. Um, pretty mm-hmm. good to D1 to, FB, or to, yeah, to FBS, but they were, they've been a good program before that. They've been a good program since they made that jump. Um, this is not, you know, Eastern Michigan coming in here. So uh, – but, again, I, I still – that being said – uh, Michigan State's advantage is in the trenches. Both sides should be able to keep them at a comfortable distance. Yeah, I do think uh, Western Kentucky will score a few points here and there, and they might rip off a, a couple big plays in the passing game. But over the course of four quarters, I don't think you'll be sweating it at the end because, like I said, it, uh, the, the the mismatch in the trenches, especially Michigan State's D-line against their O-line, I don't know how they're, they'll counteract that, and maybe that gets them throwing things quicker and getting these guys out in space, and then the tackling becomes an issue. But I still, like I said, even with Michigan State's offensive line, and I'm, I'm still sort of cautious on them, but I would think they'd be able to grit it out and just sort of take control. And like I said, even if they have to just play keep away um, through the second half or something, I think they'll be able to do that. I think they'll be able to wear them down on the O and D lines and, and be able to get that one done. All right. Okay. All right. That that helped at the end there. The, the first part of the answer kind of spooked me, but... <laughs> <sighs> well, folks, that's uh, that's not, that's that's not just Stephen Brooks. That is belated birthday boy Stephen Brooks of twenty four seven Sports at Stephen M underscore Brooks for all your belated birthday wishes. Go directly to him on Twitter. Uh, Stephen, thanks a ton, man. Really do appreciate your time as always, and yeah, I, I sure as hell know the uh, the listeners love it even more. So appreciate it, man. Of course, of course, and thank you uh, for having me. Um, do not uh, feel the need to wish me happy birthday. If you do, the correct term is. Red shirt 29 birthday. Okay. It's not that other year. I am red shirt 29, right. folks. Redshirt. and do not get that wrong if you feel the need to. Uh, but that has to be said up front. I am not that other number. That is some great PR on, on the number uh, that will not be named right now. That's that's awesome. Love that. I couldn't I'm, be that number. No, last year did not count. That's, uh, nope. This is not nope. been a real nope. COVID year. We, we all got a COVID year. Yeah, right, that's right. right. Amen, brother. All right. Love that, man. Let's go. All right. Oh, Steven, I'll see you, man. Get out of here. Go, go, go live your life uh, off this microphone, man. You got it. And a huge thanks to Steven Brooks, my guy over at 24-7 Sports, uh, just coming in here and dropping his knowledge on us like an atomic bomb, baby. That's big time. And speaking of dropping knowledge on us, we will have Jared McDonald. He covers Western Kentucky football for the Bowling Green Daily News on tomorrow's show to help us uh, kind of hold our hand and tell us uh, all about the Hilltoppers. Kind of, mm, no, it still still has me scared for this game. Uh, but, yeah, that's what we got for tomorrow's show. Keys to the game. Who are the Hilltoppers? And, yeah, get you out the door with best bets tomorrow. And speaking of bets, betting on the Spartans doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, Ron team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you find people, get your podcast. All right, thanks again, guys, for making Lockdown Spartans part of your listening schedule. Love you all. You guys are the best.
Go Green.